is Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. Good morning and welcome into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student radio since 1971. Coming to you live from the Bradley Basin Studio in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it was rainy and about 60 degrees this morning. I am Daniel Locke. As always, alongside me, Griggs Blankenberg. Griggs, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Daniel. How about yourself? Man, it has been a week. I had a math test yesterday, the game last night, a journalism test this morning. I have a paper due at 5 tonight. I've got a covered South Carolina women's game. Oh, I had covered mm-hmm. Florida game, women's game Monday night, so just a lot of stuff going on. I have a lot I have to do to prepare t- tonight to head out of town tomorrow after class, so busy. Mm-hmm. Well, what you got going on this week? Going home, going to fly back. Cousins are coming in town. That'll be fun to see them. I haven't seen them, I believe, since yeah, the late early this summer, so that'll be fun to see. That'll be fun. It's always good to see family you haven't seen in a while. That's what I'm heading to do this weekend. So, you know, we've been on the air for about a minute and a half, so let's dive into sports. Yes, we should. Auburn hosted the Vanderbilt Commodores in Auburn Arena last night. The final score of the game was 94-80 to in favor of the Tigers. Leading scorer was Jabari Smith with 31. Walker Kessler had seven rebounds and Wendell Green Jr. with nine assists. Griggs, what are your initial thoughts on the game? I thought it was one of our best shooting performances from the year. Uh, the talk about the, this team has been they have not been able to shoot the three ball particularly well in the past couple weeks. They've not been successful beyond the arc, but they changed that around last night. Big part to Jabari, um, his biggest scoring night for since he got here on the Plains, 31 points. I think he was 6 of 10 or 7 from 10 from 3. Hold on. He was 7 of 10 from 3, so that was really, really good. Shot 70% from 3. Um, Auburn made their free throws last night, went 21 for 26. I remember we talked about that last week before they played A&M, that they had to make their free throws following that Arkansas loss. Um, Walker Kessler, though, quietly had a 22-point game with seven rebounds and seven blocks. So that that just speaks to how much Jabari scoring outshined him last night. But it's always yeah, good to have a second option. It is. And that Statue of Liberty play, I love it. It seems to work very, very well. I imagine that would be extremely tough to defend. But, you know, I, I still believe that this team is destined for good things come March. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's still about a month away, a little less than a month away from the SEC tournament, about three weeks or so. But what we have coming up Saturday is a lot more pressing. The Auburn Tigers are heading down to Gainesville, Florida to take on the Gators. And I'm excited for this game. Um, there's a chance I might try to go. If I wake up Saturday morning and feel like driving five hours. You're going to drive to Gainesville? I'll already be in Pensacola, so I'll be a ah. little closer. But I don't know. The, the over-under on that is pretty pretty in favor of me not going. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I just wake up and feel like it. But we'll see. Um, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I think it'll be pretty close. I think it might be a little bit of a scare. But I don't think that Auburn is going to let another like Arkansas, Georgia, or Missouri type game happen. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see. It just depends. I mean, they who did they lose to last night? Florida lost a pretty a game they should not have. I think uh, it was to. Scrolling through here, trying to find it. I was pretty out of touch with the rest of the They games. lost to A&M last night, 56-55, breaking A&M's, I believe, eight-game losing streak. Oh, how so, about that for the Aggies? That's not particularly well. I mean, that's a that's a good basketball program. They're still the last team to go back-to-back titles. And I think it was 07-08. Yeah. So it's ne- never something you want to sleep on going down to Gainesville, but... We'll see how it goes. I think they'll pull it out. It just is a matter of can they limit the turnovers and be able to move the ball on a road environment. I don't know if it's going to be hostile or not. It sounds like it may be a little bit, but yeah, who knows. Probably not the most hostile environment anyone's ever played in, but it'll probably be tough. I mean, it won't be anything compared to Arkansas, but no, we'll see what happens. Especially not this year. I honestly feel like this, this might be, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but I feel like for college teams that weekday games might draw a little better than weekend games. And I'm, my reasoning behind that is because so many people head home for the weekends. Like, I'm a huge Auburn basketball fan, but I've headed out of town on the weekend when we've had a home game just because I've had something I had to do. When you have everyone here, like, yeah, people have to study for tests, but most SEC teams, they play on weeknights at 6 so the game's over by 8.30, and you've got the rest of the night. Because, I mean, a student might tell you they're going to bed at 10.30, 11. They're not. Most college students are up to, like, 1 or 2. So I, I don't buy that. That's why I feel like that it might not necessarily be quite as hostile Saturday mm-hmm. as Arkansas, even though it oh, is. It definitely a, won't be. No. But a lot of people might make the argument that, like, Saturday game, amped up crowd. Not really, because you're in weekend mode. So, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but those are mine. Uh, I think students, I mean, I don't, there's not really much to do in Gainesville. So, no. But it's not even near the beach. Come on. But it'll be a good game. Whenever you got that a number with a single digit in front of your name, it always attracts big crowds from people. They can try to, as they say, witness history. So, I think Fair that's enough. a good drawing factor. That's a good point. But, yeah. Um, speaking of this, I think it's time to revisit the fact that um, – I think you have to start start thinking about Devin Cambridge taking over that three spot from Alan Flanagan. I think it's about that time. I mean, it's what was his first game back from injury? I believe it was what Murray State, LSU, LSU. Okay, so what was that? That was like January 29th. December, uh, no, December 29th. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's been now it's February 17th, and mm-hmm. he said what maybe one good game maybe that was last game against A and M. I mean, yeah. Um, let's see. Let me look at his splits real quick. While this, you're looking that up, one thing that I feel like, obviously, I feel like the effects of this should have worn off by now, but he was originally supposed to come back in kind of like a sixth or seventh man kind of role, but due to um, Devin Cambridge missing the LSU game, due to having COVID, he was thrust into that starting role immediately. So I feel like it may have been a little too much too soon. That might have delayed the progress a little bit, but that was almost three months. Yeah, two, almost two months ago. So he should be back in the rhythm now. But last year he was averaging, I believe, around fourteen point six points per game. This year he's averaging seven point three. So basically, almost half of what he was doing last year. Granted, he has more weapons around him, but again, last night was—I don't want to say horrendous, but it was not good at all. 
I mean, he had two points, one rebound, one assist, and in six uh, six turnovers in 24 minutes. He took two shots. Yeah, that's you can't really have that from a, if just going off the um, and he also had four fouls. So when I look at Devin Cambridge, I see. I mean, I know he started the beginning half of the year. He's averaging less points than him per game, but he's able to. He's been he's been so important on the offensive glass for the Tigers. I think he was the one who grabbed. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was at Arkansas where he had nine offensive rebounds. I can't remember if that's correct or not. But I remember one game he had nine offensive rebounds in one game. And that's just very important from instead when Allen Flanagan goes out and for 24 minutes of a 40-minute basketball game and gets two points. Yeah. I um, I really hope that he hasn't hurt his draft stock too much. Because he was originally, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year, behind projected to be our highest prospect behind Jabari, obviously. Yeah. So I would really hate to see him not go and just... That'd be disappointing because last year was so good for him. And I, I don't know. I don't see him leaving now. I don't think he can go to the draft after putting up the numbers he has this year. Yeah, maybe not. But... but I don't know these these guys. They they all want to go to the NBA. So if, if he feels like he has a sliver of a chance of getting drafted, I'm sure we'll take. I mean, it. now with the NBA, you can like not hire an agent and go all the way up until like basically I don't, can't remember how far into it, but you can go like through all this like pre-draft stuff, and as long as you don't hire an agent, you can come back. So yeah. maybe he can do that if they're basing this off potential. I mean, he has potential. Don't get me wrong; he's a great player. It's just. Ever since he's gotten back from that Achilles injury, what, it's been like two months, basically, then he's just not shown flashes of what he was last year. Granted, he's got one guy who's going to go in the top three and then one guy who's working his way to being a potential lottery pick in Walker Kessler. So, yeah. So, moving back in Saturday, a big part of our game and how successful we're going to be is what can we limit Colin Castleton to? He is statistically Florida's best player this year. I don't feel like there's going to be any debate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, averaging 15.5, uh, 9.5, and 1.6. That's 15.5 points, 9.2 rebounds, and 1.6 assists per game. Averaging shooting 54.5 from the field. So not 6.11 and shooting 55% of the field. That, that's pretty good. But I'm going to guess most of that's inside, though. I've not watched much Florida basketball besides little bit slivers of when we played them. But, yeah, um, he's still kind of nursing an injury he's coming back from. He was out for a few games. He's back. Um, Florida needs to start winning games if they want to have a chance in March. Right now, I don't think they have that right now. No, they don't. They're 16-10, and 6-7 in conference with – yeah, they need to win this game, even though they lost to Auburn. I think Auburn was like – it was like a two-point game, one point, then Auburn did what they did and ended up winning by 15. But Right now, Florida and South Carolina are tied for the seventh um, seed in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So if they were to go to the tournament, would, or everyone goes to the tournament except for the bottom two, but you know, I they'd have to probably win some games there if they yeah, wanted I'll, to end up in the tournament. They definitely would. They'd have to probably, honestly, probably win it. Yeah, at this point, you, unless you, they you were can, to beat all, if they were to beat Auburn, do you think that does it? I mean, that's definitely a thing that turn you ter, turn your attention to. But seventeen and ten, and then five hundred in conference, it's not always the greatest thing looking at when you got some other good mid majors out there who are 
looking for a spot to get in. But Florida fans may want to lose some more so they can fire Mike White. I've not really seen much positive stuff going on with him in the Florida community, but Florida's looking up there. They got baseball on their mind already, which they're really good at baseball. I will give them that. They are one of the best. Well, the SEC is just the best at like everything. Yeah, it's loaded in baseball. Yeah, Mississippi, probably... Mississippi, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, every Florida, year, half the teams Ole Miss. To, yeah, every year half the teams that go to Omaha are from the SEC. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. But so, yeah, it's definitely a SEC controlled Ar- sport. Ar- <laughs> yeah, Arkansas would have made two last year if it wasn't for uh, NC State and my guys over there. Shout out my boy Cooper. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the SEC, honestly, I'd want to say football's their most stacked sport, but then you just look at baseball and you just see all of that. Yeah, I, I feel like anyone who, not to sound mean, but anyone who knows what they're talking about and follows more than just football, which so many SEC fans are bad about just paying attention to football and not realizing that we have a great brand of athletics all across the board, baseball's our most dominant. If you mm-hmm. if you were to look at the preseason top twenty five, I don't know the exact number, so I could be making a fool of myself here. I guarantee you there are at least five SEC teams. You don't see that in football, like Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, who else is always going to be in there? Auburn's not going to be next year. I'm not even going to pretend. Yeah, it's not. not I'm sure they're. Oh, They'll Texas A and M will probably be top five to start the year. But yeah, well, well Jimbo's got to get do something eventually. Yeah. Um, let me see, top 25-1, Vanderbilt at 2, Mississippi State at 3, Florida at 6, Arkansas 8. So hold on, I'm going to stop you right there. Hold on. We're not even out of the top 10 yet, and I've already hit my goal, or my number. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Okay, got start over. Vanderbilt 2, Mississippi State at number 3, Florida at number 6, Arkansas at number 8, Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss at number 9, LSU at number 10. So that's just 6 on the top 10, but we're, keep, we're still going to keep going. Georgia, I don't know how, is at 14, so that's 7. Tennessee at 17, that's eight. And, yeah, eight teams in the top 25. Six are in the top ten in baseball. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't. I could have said top One-third of the top 25 in baseball is SEC teams. Exactly. You're just not going to see that in football but. at this point. I'm, I'm sure there have been years where it's been like that, but I don't know. The SEC in football, this might be a hot take. I feel like it's, it's down a little bit. Well, can't say it's down when two teams made it to the college football playoff and then that yeah, was the national overall, championship. I mean, eh. Compared to like what it has been, maybe last year was a little down year for them when in terms of like team success throughout the year. But it helps when the East is good. And bowl season was terrible for the SEC. Like obviously mm-hmm. I know two SEC teams played in the Natty, but if you look beyond that, mm-hmm. did we win a single game? Uh Arkansas. Penn State. Yeah, I'll beat Penn State. Tennessee should have beaten Purdue. South Carolina beat North Carolina. But I can't remember anything else. But yeah, that'll do it for our talk on the Auburn basketball and random SEC stuff. When we come back, we will recap Super Bowl Fifty Six from Los Angeles. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Greg Spankerberg again alongside my co-host Daniel Locke. And after our segment on arm basketball, we will now recap Super Bowl 56 from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. The final score of that was 
The Los Angeles Rams are the Super Bowl champions with 23 points to the Cincinnati Bengals with 20. Daniel, instant thought on that game? It was really good. Um, I enjoyed watching it more than any Super Bowl from probably since Super Bowl 44. Um, it was just a breath of fresh air, really. And it was good to see. And I picked the Rams. I hoped I was wrong. I kind of wanted the Bengals to win, but I wasn't torn up over it. Best halftime show of a Super Bowl that I can remember. Like, that was really good. It was artists that I listened to, so that was cool mm-hmm. to see. Like, I listened to Maroon 5, but when it was them, they just... That they, was terrible. They, they, didn't play, they, didn't play any of the, they didn't play any of their hits. I was no. really disappointed. Like, I was, that was what I was high up for. But yeah. I would consider myself a casual plus Maroon 5 fan, <laughs> meaning that I know probably about 50% of their stuff, not just the hits, not nothing at all, but not every song off every album, and I only knew one song that they played in that yeah. set. So I like him a lot. I was excited, but terrible show. Yeah, um, the halftime show was good. I like that one a lot. I like the weekends a lot too last year, but I think this one was better. Yeah, I agree. I think this one and Bruno Mars are my two favorites that have been done. Bruno killed it, and when they was in New York. But yeah, Aaron Donald is pretty good at football. I'd say I think he's the best player I've ever seen in my lifetime. I wasn't alive for Lawrence. I wasn't like able to like watch and understand football when I, when Lawrence Taylor was playing but yeah if he continues to put up these numbers like he does I think he passes LT for the greatest defensive player of all time yeah by the end of his career I think so too but do you think now that he has a ring he won't be as hungry anymore no nah, I don't think that's who he, what he is I don't think that's what he's built up over his the past with his brand and everything I don't think that's what he's done but yeah also Cooper Cup I think he had officially now has the greatest year of any receiver has ever had. I mean, he won the Triple Crown. He won the Super Bowl. He won Super Bowl MVP. And he also had the tie for second most touchdowns ever in a single postseason with six. Only Larry Fitzgerald with seven is above him in a single postseason. So shout-out Cooper Cup. I mean, coming into us, I, I mean, he's everyone knew he was going to be good this year. I didn't think people expected him to have this. But Matthew Stafford found his guy, and Cooper Cup is going to hopefully take that to the bank and get a good extension this year. Yeah, and he deserves it. And he des- mm-hmm. It'll be really interesting to see how the Rams kind of handle this offseason since they spent a lot of money on this team. Yeah, this is, this is the team that if you don't win it with this one, it's going to be a long time before you have another shot. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how – they what they do in order to make giving Cooper Cup a big payday possible because he definitely deserves one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you don't see many like people changing teams throughout their NFL careers. I, that's why I feel like compared to like other leagues, like I don't you don't really see like big like free agent like movings. Like you don't see like the, no. But besides, eh, Tom Brady's a different weird example. You can't really get you know, like, that. It's definitely there. It, it's foolish to say it's not, but I agree that it's definitely less common because um, th- there are some sports. I feel like the NBA more than any other. It seems like every roster is a revolving door because mm-hmm. like, I've been watching the Celtics more recently since they've been winning until last night. More on that in the next segment. But I I've been watching whenever I can this season, more so regularly now that they're actually good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 
having the same roster, exactly the same, is for a lot like for a two or three month stretch is impossible in the NBA. Because there's, I know that the deadline's passed now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can't change. Because you know people come on and off of IR, and mm-hmm. I know that's not necessarily a, a their fault thing, but. I don't know. I like that about the NFL. Like, I know I'm rambling on that. But yeah. Th- that's a good part of the NFL, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another one of the game, when both quarterbacks, they had that one moment where everyone thought they were going out. I thought they were both done. I thought who's the? I thought we were about to see the – I don't know who the Bengals' backup quarterback is. Do you Wait, know? Why would the backup quarterbacks play in a close Super Bowl? Because I didn't – you watch the game. Like, Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford looked like they both had – Pretty significant injuries. Oh, okay. You're referring to that. I thought yeah. I thought you meant like there in the last little bit that they were done, as in like you know I, I'm done for tonight. Backup, go in, take over. No, that's not, why not, I thought you meant. No, I, no. I thought they both were coming out of the game. I thought we were about to see John Wolford and whoever the quarterback backup quarterback is for the Bengals. I forgot who it was, but okay. Yeah, I, I thought you meant that they were sitting out like willingly. I it's was good like, to what? see that Joe Burrow doesn't really have a really significant injury. He'll be able to rehab the, this off season. Yeah, I don't know uh, what the future of the Bengals is. I, I mean, just because that AFC is so stacked. You, I mean, the Chiefs are gonna be competing again next year. The Bills are definitely gonna be competing next year. Oh yeah, Even, they're they're my way too early um, Super Bowl champion for next year. I I could see that if they just fix a little few parts on the defensive side, maybe get that run game up a little bit more. But yeah, just having to be. I mean, if you don't spend every single second of your offseason trying to improve that offensive line, then you're doing something wrong. Because that's the – many teams have this, but that is the one issue that you can – you have to try to solve if you want to get back next year in Arizona. I mean, is it going to happen? I don't know. But a good step in making sure that happens is you have to get protection for Joe Burrow. Whether it's through the draft this year where you have – granted, you have a little bit higher draft pick, this lower draft pick this year than you did last year. But – yeah, you have to just find any way you can to get that line up front healthy. Also, you have to pay Jesse Bates. I mean, that's their big free agent that's going to hit the market this year. If they, he's one of, he didn't have as really good a season as he did in 2020, but you have to pay him something to keep him in Cincinnati if you want to continue your defensive run, especially when you have guys like Eli Apple just getting absolutely torched. You need to have someone behind him for when he messes up and he can – make that play when Eli can't. Yeah, I agree with that. So, I'm not really sure who exactly you target. on. The, I'm not sure what DBs are going to be on the market other than possibly Eli Apple. But, or, excuse me, Jesse Bates, I mean. So, you know, what do you think the odds are of Arizona being able to be the third team in a row to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium after it hadn't happened for 55 or 54 Super Bowls. I'd say it's slim to none. I yeah. just can't see it. I don't think they have you have a quarterback who's been told who's been told that he has been the media has been told that he has been arrogant, that he's a finger pointer, that he looks to shift the blame from others to others. I just don't think you can win with that quarterback. I mean, I don't remember if you saw this clip. There was the Manning cast. Russell Wilson was on with Eli and Peyton, and it was during the Rams-Cardinals playoff game. He was like, if I'm Kyler Murray right now, I'm walking up and down the sideline. I'm trying to get people up saying, we can still come back from this. We can do this. And it's just showing a picture of Kyler Murray sitting alone by himself on the bench. Yeah, and that that's 
your leadership capabilities, you, you've got to be doing that as an NFL quarterback. If you watch any of the greats, Peyton Manning, even Eli Manning, Drew Brees, even Cam was good about this when, during his year with New England. And his whole time with the Panthers, too. I, I should have yeah, phrased that better. Thank you. But he was always moving on the sidelines, like always trying to get people going. Mm-hmm. If he was sitting down, he was looking at the tablet, like trying to figure out like what to do. He wasn't just sitting there. Yeah, I just – in the reports of Kyler Murray wanting $50 million a year, I'm like – that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you've not really accomplished anything in your career yet. I mean, once DeAndre Hopkins went out for the year, granted, you started off the season really well, but you did not finish the season at all where you wanted. This might be a hot take. I feel like he deserves 20 max, if that. I think that you don't you don't give him the extension right now. You let him play out the end of his rookie deal this year. Yeah, you know, on second thought, I like that better. You, just judging off the way that if you can't get the locker room going, I remember he posted something on the Instagram like like last the other day. It was like, "Don't listen to what people are saying about me." All this stuff. I'm like, "You didn't mention one thing about the Cardinals in there." Then you literally like scraped any mention of the Cardinals from your uh, social media and all this stuff. But yeah, which you really can't do if you're going to be a quarterback in this league who is successful and wins championships. You've got to embrace your team, and I feel like he's really at this point doing a bad job about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have the defense who can get it done, but I don't think you can – I don't think Kylie's the answer long-term. I don't think he's the answer long-term in the league. I could be very wrong about this. I hope I am. He seems like a good guy, but that combination of not being really tall – I mean, he's mobile, but he's been kind of down for his height all his life, but you have to be able to be a leader. I mean, that's that. there's a reason why quarterbacks have – most of the quarterbacks in this league have that C on their chest because they're the leaders of the team. You have to lead the offense, and in turn, you have to lead the team. That's why it was really weird when Zach Wilson was coming out of BYU. People were like, why is he not a captain? It's kind of weird since when your quarterback, if he, unless he's like a true freshman or like a rookie, he's not a, the captain. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. And, you know, I I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. I feel no like that's doubt. not a stretch. No doubt. But so, DeAndre. I would really like to see him get the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. But All right. I hope Kyler Murray can help make that happen. Next February, who do you have? AFC, NFC, and then who's winning it? I already said my AFC and the Bills. My NFC, that's a little tougher in my opinion. I think it's tough to pay until Aaron Rodgers says what he's going to do with his future in Green Bay. Yes, I, I agree with you there. Let's act like he's still, let's just say for the scenario, he's still in Green Bay. If he is still in Green Bay and Devontae Adams is still in Green Bay, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Green Bay. And I think that I think that Green Bay would play the Bills in the Super Bowl, but I think that the Bills would get it done. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go, yeah, Bills and AFC. I think they're just going to be really super hungry after last year, lose, two years ago losing AFC Championship, then this year losing in the, the, the divisional round. But... Yeah, I'm going to go Bills, and then for NFC, that's just so hard. The NFC is so weird right now. I don't think the Rams repeat. They I could, don't either. They could make it again. Who knows? But um, who, who who are some teams? I don't think the Cardinals are going to make it. Um, You know, I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to go Bills 49ers. But I got the Bills winning it all. I'm, to 
depends on who like that could change depending on who the quarterback is for the 49ers but I don't really trust Trey Lance or Jimmy G but I can't really see any other team definitively yeah getting out of there well time will tell and we will play it out and see how it plays out this will probably be our last time covering football on the Eagles nest for a little while uh, spring ball is pretty close so I'm sure when that gets a little closer we'll start talking about that but take a good look around at the football coverage it has been a great season looking forward to next year but that is going to do it for Super Bowl talk on the Eagles nest here today when we come back, we've got some NBA and NHL news. So you are listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on a Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Grace Blankenberg. Still with me is Daniel Locke. Now, after our Super Bowl recap, we're going to move on to the world of the National Basketball Association and the National Hockey League. First off, starting with the NBA, I feel like all this news broke like literally 10 minutes after we got off the air last week. But the Nets traded James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons. Uh, James Harden and Paul Millsap are going to Philadelphia in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks going to Brooklyn. Um, people think the Sixers won this, but I think that is some lying. I yeah, think I the Nets straight robbed the 76ers for all it's worth. I mean, they're giving up James Harden, who is in the worst shooting year of his career. You get Ben Simmons, who you don't really need. You have KD right now. You don't really need someone else trying to look to be that scorer. You add Seth Curry, who can come off the bench and not like his brother three-pointer, but it's pretty close. He can shoot really well. Andre Drummond gives you that big piece down at the five spot. Paul Millsap, you're giving away Paul Millsap, who I know he, you remember him from the Celtics days, but he's not a big loss for them. No. But you get two first-round draft picks. That is the big kicker. Two first-round draft picks. The 70, I mean, the 76ers, when they were originally looking for trades for Ben Simmons, were asking for first-round picks. Now they're giving them up plus three, uh, plus two other players with him. Yeah. I mean, I think it just. I think this is like maybe like a reverse Ram, uh, the same thing as the Rams. I mean, you win it this year, you're gonna set yourself back a few years. I mean, Joel Embiid's really good this year, but now you set him back a few little bit with giving away basically your future, your future picks. Your, do you think it's worth it to do that? This strategy of going all in on one team. Well, I don't think any team from the East is going to win this year with the Suns and the Warriors. I, I think the Western Conference Finals is going to decide who who wins the NBA Finals between yeah. those two. But I think you gave up way too much. Two first round picks and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond who could come off the bench for James Harden, who is in I believe the last year of his contract from when he signed with the Rockets. Yeah, and moved to Brooklyn last year. Yes, last but year. I, I just too much. I think it means that's a desperation play. I mean, Joel Embiid might win MVP this year, but it's just too. It's just way too much. I, I see two first round picks, and I'm like, no. With with the players you're giving up, no. So you basically handicapped your future. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to to think that they would go all in. On a team or on a team in a year where it's not an open door, really, I would say. Yeah, I think it's the Warriors at the Suns. There are years where it makes sense to Th- kind of go all in. This was not one of them. No, n- not at all. 
if they had done this last year, okay, that's a little better. Potentially, they were like they lost to like the Hawks in the what was it the Eastern Conference semifinals? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, but yeah, it's just too much. I just see this. I'm like, as 76ers fans or I mean Philly fans, we talked about this are delusional anyway. But them believing that this they won this trade. I think it's just a coping mechanism, honestly. Yeah. You can't you can't win when you don't have a future. I mean, the Rams did it this year. Granted, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're gonna do what Tampa did and re sign every single starter. But they can't. I don't think they can. I don't think they can. But it's title or bust this year for the seventy sixers and looking like it's gonna be a bust. So Yeah, I think so too. Cause I remember I'm sure you do too, the twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen um, 76ers went 9-73, and one of the worst teams ever. The worst team ever in a full NBA season. Yeah. We don't, can't, we don't count the fake years. Right. And this year, or not, excuse me, let me restart. They finally start building up. They get a lot better pretty fast, mm-hmm. really. And I feel like they are going to crash it. I feel like everything that they've worked for, and I'm not saying that they're going to go nine and seventy-three next year or the year after, or maybe even the year after that, but I feel like they might be slamming the window to compete shut on themselves with this. I think they are too. Um, I'm trying to look up. Uh, uh, you got one more year and Joel Embiid next year, and then he hits the free agency in 2023 when he becomes a free agent. So I wouldn't be shocked if he hits the road. I mean, especially after they just trade away his future. I mean, they traded this for him, but I think their best shot to win was when they had um, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons when he wasn't completely terrible, and then Jimmy Butler. How did that team not make I think they lost in the first round. Yeah, which How? it's crazy. It's kind of like those Clippers teams mm-hmm. of the mid-2010s that would go to the— They were so good. Yeah, with CP3, Lob oh City, God. and then every single year a first or a second round exit. Mm-hmm. Like I, where do you think he would go? I have a prediction. If you'd like to hear it, on where Joel Embiid would go, where do you think? You ready for this? Uh, okay, I'm, I feel like it's gonna be very. I don't know. Let's hear it. Portland. Absolutely not. No. 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 I thought about this Dame, scenario. Hold Dame on. Is... Just, just. Let, I thought about this scenario last night, and it was so perfect in my head. Dame is literally out the door. They, right. they traded C.J. McCollum. I know, I know. However, what if that is how the team repays him? And it's like, okay, Dame, look, we're going to bring in Joel Embiid. We're going to throw the table at him, give him whatever he wants if you'll stay in Portland. I mean, he's there's he's a free agent in 2025, but you're paying him that much. You think they're going to be able to pay Ben Simmons? Sure. No, not Ben Simmons. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I mean, T.J. McCollum was like his second, his partner in crime. I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, Dame's been loyal. He said he's going to be loyal, but I can honestly see him leaving Portland to team up with Joel somewhere else, like kind of like okay, Miami's Okay, so, so you aren't closing the door on the idea of them teaming up. They could play together, but you said Portland. I know I said Portland. So do you think there's a possibility of me being half right on them teaming up? Potentially, but I don't think it'll be before 2024, 2025. So. Okay, what are some places that you think it could possibly be? I don't know, honestly. I just don't think I don't think he's going to go to Portland. 
but yeah, we spent too much time without to move on. We uh, did. <laughs> we'll rush through this one real quick. Lakers did not make any trade deadline moves. I think LeGM is about to maybe get mm-hmm. Frank Vogel filed. They're I fired. Yeah, I love that too. Ninth in the West right now. They currently would host one of the playing games, and then they would go on the road to play the second one if they won that. Um, Anthony Davis injured again last night. It looked like he's going to be okay from the. I think he's day to day, but yeah, it's not looking good in Los Angeles. Uh, the Pistons last night. Uh, I'll talk about this. I don't think you want to talk about this too much, but yeah. it was a good run. Pistons break the Celtics winning streak. The Pistons. Wow. Uh, beat the Celtics 112 to 111. And Rudy Gobert returned after missing nine games. He'll be in that All Star game this weekend. That's kind of crazy. All Star weekends this weekend in Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. And, it's you know, snuck up it's on almost me. upon us. And at this point in the year, this is when I feel like the NBA really starts to heat up. After the All Star break, that that's when it really starts to get good. I miss when the trade deadline was after the All Star break. So yeah, I do too. That was good, but I think they changed the dates of All Star weekend because I remember it in the past. Yeah, and I am pretty confident that we are in for a good ride, and I'm looking forward to see what the rest of this year holds. I'm looking forward to the. I love the NBA like off season and like the free agent stuff. In my opinion, it's the most entertaining. I feel oh, like it kind of yeah, goes back the, to... Yeah, what we're talking about it has the most movement out of the four major leagues. I love it. I don't know about you. I love it's, it. It's really fun to watch, especially in like these big years. I can't. Whenever LeBron's in a contract year, it's always really good. Um, trying to think of who big free agents this year. I know, for me, Miles Bridges is one. Mm-hmm. I'd be very sad if he left. I would be, as a Charlotte being my second favorite team, I would be sad if he hit the road, too, since he's my favorite player on that team. I don't think he'll leave, but... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NBA. We're about to go to a break real quick. We have to mention this one thing about the NHL. I know you just told me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Oilers fired their coach literally, I think, two minutes after we got off the air last week as the reigning number one Oilers, anti-Oilers podcast. We had to bring – or anti-Oilers show. We had to bring that up. I, they, yeah, they're just they're just a disaster right now. Yeah, which is honestly kind of funny. I'm sorry. It, it is. is. It is funny. I mean, I think you got to. I think they got to pick who they want to stick around with long term. I can't think those two superstars can't work together. Like a Taze and a Kane, you got to get rid of either McDavid or Drysaddle. I believe they'd probably keep McDavid just because. Yeah, I. He's got the flash. He's got the. He sells the tickets. If I'd pick one to keep, that's what I would go with. But yeah, and big, other big news. Um. Crosby scored his 500th goal. It's really good. I th- he's one of the greatest of all time, I think. He's yeah. going to be in that conversation. He will be. And love him or hate him, he deserves to be there. He's very, very talented. Said the kid. Yep. Really, really good. So um, that is going to do it for the – oh, do you have something else to say? No, I was just about to do that. But, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, good. Congrats to Sydney. <laughs> that is going to do it for the NBA and NHL talk today for our devoted hockey fans. Sorry we didn't get into more NHL stuff. The NBA just had a little more to talk about today. When we come back, it is who you got. I am no longer in a deficit. We are at even ground on that. More on that when we get back. You were listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Greg Blankenberg on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM on this Thursday, 
mid-morning, February the 17th, 2022. For our last segment of the show, we will always end off with our pickums. It is Who You Got. Last week was an interesting week. Daniel had a one-game advantage on me, but that also means we are now officially tied in our standings 25-15 each. So we've been more right than we have been wrong, so that's a good start at least for any of our people who, if anyone uses our picks, I hope hopefully you didn't use mine last week or the week before. But, yeah, we got an exciting slate, a lot of college basketball this week. We got some with little NBA since it's the All-Star game this Saturday night in Cleveland. But let's get it going with our first game, the Illinois Fighting Illini take on the Michigan State Spartans in East Lansing, Michigan. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, this is an interesting one. Both teams are very, very good. But this was the point that you made when we were picking Indiana and Illinois. One side has Kofi Cuckburn, one doesn't. So I'm going to go with Illinois. Yeah, I'm going to go with Illinois too. Again, that same thing. One team has Kofi Coburn, one does not. But, yeah, Michigan State coming off. I think they who they lose to at home? They lost at North. They lost to some team at home the other day. Yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But – not a good loss. I believe it was Northwestern, but I could be wrong. But, yeah, I got Illinois. I think they're going to get it done on the road. Next game, it is the rematch of one of the most anticipated college basketball rivalries this State. year. Sorry oh, to it was Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn State. That's bad. But, yeah, one of the t- biggest rivalries this year in college basketball just because of the implications. We got Texas Tech at Texas with – Texas Tech move going into Austin. Daniel, who you got? You know, originally I said Texas Tech. However, I think I'm going to change that up and go Texas. Really? Really. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas Tech. They they beat Baylor last night. They got the job done at home. It's a little bit different. I don't know. Austin's not really a basketball city per se, but I think I got I think I'm going with Texas Tech. I think they're going to win on the road and complete the season sweep. Moving into our one random-ish game of the week. We got Wofford at Furman in Greenville, South Carolina, the battle of the South Carolina schools. Daniel, who you got? You know, the Fletcher McGee for three movement for the Wofford Terriers is long over. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to go with the Palladians. Is that how you pronounce it? (laughs) I love that. I have friends who go to Furman. It is the Paladins. Paladins. Gotcha. I I almost went there. Yeah, the Paladins. I love that. But yeah, I'm going with the I'm going with the Paladins. I think they have the ability to shoot from outside. They're one of the best three point shooting teams in the nation. If I am, I have a funny. If I'm correct, I have a quick mm-hmm. funny comment about Furman. If you want to hear it, let's hear it. So the year that my high school opened, which was in 2014, mm-hmm. we used you know that like Diamond H logo or Diamond F logo that Furman uses. Yeah, we had that, but it was black and it had an H in the middle. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Furman was one of the schools I was looking at, man. That was beautiful campus. Love it. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Looks good. My best friend from my childhood goes there, too. I got you. <laughs> uh, moving back into the ba- real basketball, I don't want to say real basketball, but like the more important games of the week, we got Alabama at Kentucky. Alabama somehow with nine losses is still ranked in the top 25. I just That yeah, just speaks to the power of their wins. At, they are playing Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Daniel, who you got? You know, I thought about picking Alabama, but I just I just don't see it, man. Like, they are good. I'll, I'm not going to be biased on that. I will give them their props. That is a good basketball team. 
they play to their competition. Right. However, going on the road to Rupp, that's a different animal. I don't think they win. I think it'll be close. I don't think they get it done. I'm going to go Kentucky. I think Yank, think they don't, yeah, they don't play particularly well on the road. But I think the status of I mean, Auburn fans will say this, will make fun of this a lot. But I think the status of Ty Ty Washington is very important to them. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to rest him. They should have rested him last game. That turned out to backfire on them. I think honestly, maybe you can, should consider shutting him down until the SEC tournament. But I'm not John Calipari, thank God. But yeah, I'm going Kentucky. Oscar Tshiebwe. But originally, my pick for Player of the Year was Johnny Davis from uh, Wisconsin when we started the show off. But I think it's moving to Oscar Tshiebwe. So, but yeah, moving on still in the SEC, we have the Tennessee Volunteers coming off their win at home against Kentucky on Tuesday night versus the Arkansas Razorbacks at home in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Daniel, who you got? You know, Tennessee looks really good, particularly defensively. The offensive side could use some work. I don't think that they will lose until they play Auburn, so I'm going to go with Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, um... I'm going to go with the Razorbacks. I think Tennessee's offense is atrocious, and I think Arkansas's defense is able to counteract that, and I think they're able to score well on a good defense, which they showed against Auburn. So I'm going to go Arkansas. If it was at Tennessee, I'd probably say Tennessee, but I think that home court helps. Yeah. Moving on to our last college basketball game before we get to the Auburn game, we have the Michigan Wolverines at Wisconsin. Right now, Michigan, I believe, is in one of the next four out, first four, next four out, according to Jill Lenardi. They need a big win, and this would definitely be one of them in Madison, Wisconsin. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, if this was in Ann Arbor, I'd go with the Wolverines, but since it's in Madison, I'm going to go with the Badgers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Badgers, too. Johnny Davis and Greg Gard have been getting the job done for the Badgers. Gard's been a great coach this year for them. They've lost um, the other day to, I think it was Rutgers, but Rutgers has been playing, speaking of teams, Rutgers has been on the up and up this year. They they may, they may be making a case for them in an at-large bid, but I'm going to go with the Badgers in Madison, so that'll do it for the college basketball picks. Moving on to the NBA, we have the All-Star game on Saturday night in Cleveland at Quicken Loans Arena, if that's still what it's called. Yeah. Team Durant versus Team LeBron. Um, Daniel, who you got? Have you ever seen Thunderstruck? I have, yes. My brother was a Thunder fan growing up. It was very, it was on a lot in our house. Good. Yeah, me too. All right, you'll get this reference. KD, KD, KD. Even though he's not playing? KD. I'm going to go with Team LeBron. If you've seen the, the rosters, it is absolutely lopsided. It is kind of funny to see how lopsided it is. I'm going with KD in an upset. Going with KD. LeBron is yet to lose in an All-Star game, by the way. Just... Yeah. Well, he's been yet to do a lot of things, and this year hasn't gone so well. So He's won like the last like four. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Team LeBron beating Team Durant in Cleveland on Saturday night. Moving on to the NHL, we have your Boston Bruins taking on the Ottawa – what, the center? Yeah. Ottawa, yeah, I don't know why I was questioning that. So, Daniel, who you got? Give me the B-Town boys, the big bad Bruins. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bruins too. They're – how many more games has Marshawn got? Four? Yeah, halfway done. Halfway done. No, yeah, two-thirds done. Two-thirds done. All right, we're moving quick. Next up, we have the Blues at the Leafs on Saturday night. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, this is a good game. I'm looking forward to watching it. However, St. Louis is playing good hockey right now, and the Leafs, good? 
Not as good. Give me St. Louis. As much as it pains me to say this, I'm going to have to pick the Blues. They're playing really good. Bennington has been really good all year. I think the Blues are going to make a run for it. My worst fear is them playing the Canes in the playoffs. I don't know who I'd cheer for. So give me the Blues. And finally, our final game of the day, we have the Auburn Tigers taking on the Florida Gators in Gainesville, Florida, on Saturday afternoon. 1 p.m. Central on ESPN. Daniel, who you got? You know, Florida in an upset. Psych. Auburn by 2 million. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. I think they need this good row game. They're, I think their magic number is down to 3 now. Yeah. Their magic number is 3 to clinch at least a share of the regular season SEC title. I really hope that it works out for us to do it in Tennessee. That'd be really good because I think that just takes a lot of the stress away. When no, we have- I'm planning on going to that game as of now, and, you know, I'm not very humble. <laughs> so I really love to just leave and talk trash to fans. We didn't really get to do that as me. Well, you went to LSU. You got to do that for football. but I, I was scared out of my mind. I didn't do anything there. Nope, I didn't get to do it at Penn State or South Carolina. But that'll wrap up the show with us today. Quick shout-out real quick, though. My high school, the Carmel Christian Cougars, number one seed in the 4A state playoffs. They're taking, they're playing their quarterfinal game on Saturday. I will be there in attendance, Coach Badgett and the boys. Hopefully we'll get that job done and get that third state title for Carmel basketball. So shout-out to them. Good luck Saturday. I will be there. But that'll wrap us up for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune back in next week at 10 a.m. on Thursday here for the Eagles Nest. You can find our podcast on Spotify at the Eagles Nest. For Daniel Locke, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Thank you for tuning in, and War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagles Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Grigsby. Until next time, this has been the Eagles Nest. See you next week.